Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Foss Corporation, LLC. Welcome to the Mansion on the Hill. This is the home of Terry's Serious Moments. Stories of oddness, of weirdness of nature gone strange. This is season four. We thank you for coming along for the ride. Hope you enjoy it. Hello everybody and welcome to this issue of Terry's Mysterious Moments. I would like to begin by apologizing for my voice today. I am in the middle of an allergy attack. So if I sound like I have a coded by dose, it's only because I have a coded by dose. So bear with me, please. 2020 truly and honestly sucked dirt like a Dyson. And most of the dirt was politically related. So as we shake the dust of 2020 from our figurative and collective boots and use happiness chasers, whatever they may be to you, to get the sour taste out of our mouths, let's look at some long-gone, doggone political weirdness. I do not claim any of this is fact, except that it is information that is real. It exists. How you, me, or others decipher it is a whole nother ball game. So, play ball. Does a death curse threaten U.S. presidents? Have you heard about this one? It's also called the, the Year Zero Curse in some cases, and it's been around for a coon's age. A long-running and oft-reappearing legend holds that a death curse threatens U.S. presidents elected in years evenly divisible by 20, or the zero years, with two exceptions since 1840. U.S. presidents who have been elected in years ending in zero have been killed or have died of natural causes while in office. And one exception literally came within an inch of death. It's hard to know what to make of such a sequence. Do you believe it? Do you hope it's true if the person you didn't vote for ascends to the presidency? Wicked though those thoughts may be. Do you simply brush it off as the incoherent babblings of conspiracy-spouting individuals? To be honest, over the years, many folks have certainly tried to prove the truth of it. It is a bit unsettling to think a string of presidential mortality is too improbable to have occurred naturally, giving rise to rumors about a fatal Indian death curse among those unwilling to recognize 
that chaos sometimes takes the form of coincidence. Randomness is disquieting. Indian curses are, in comparison, the lesser of the evils because they at least support the illusion that there is an order to our universe. In this odd way, belief in predestined fatalities is somewhat comforting. 1840. William Henry Harrison, elected in 1840, died of pneumonia at the age of 68, exactly one month after his inauguration. 1860, 20 years later, Abraham Lincoln, elected in 1860, was assassinated by John Wilkes Booth just after embarking on his second term in office in 1865. 20 years later, 1880, James A. Garfield won the 1880 election. He was shot in the back in a Washington Railroad Station waiting room in July of 1881 and died of his wounds in September of 1881. Johnny Cash sang a song about Mr. Garfield been shot down, shot down, shot down. Mr. Garfield been shot down low back in the 60s and 70s. William McKinley was re-elected in 1900. In September of 1901, after giving a speech at an exposition in Buffalo, he was shot while shaking hands with well-wishers. McKinley died of his wounds little more than a week later. Here's a suspicious one. 1920, Warren G. Harding, who was elected in 1920, expired of a stroke or heart attack in 1923. Now this one gets weird because it's been long rumored that his wife poisoned him because he liked to play around. Not with her. 1940. Franklin D. Roosevelt, re-elected in 1940 for a third term, suffered a massive cerebral hemorrhage and died just after starting an unprecedented fourth term in 1945. 1960. This has been within most of our lifetimes. John Kennedy was elected in 1960 and was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald in 1963. Ronald Reagan was elected in 1980 but managed to cheat the Grim Reaper by a matter of an inch. That's the distance by which would-be assassin John Hinckley's bullet missed his heart in 1981. It is reported, perhaps as an apocryphal anecdote, that sometime during the ordeal, the president spoke to his wife, the wide-eyed Nancy, and said, Honey, I forgot to duck. I share a wound in kinship with President Reagan. We were both shot by 22s. Even though it was serious, Ronnie survived his injury. Maybe he also broke the every 20 years death curse. Or maybe it's just sleeping. We'll see. There is an earlier example of the out-of-sequence and well-we-tried file in the attempted assassination of Teddy Roosevelt in 1912, but he was elected as vice president in 1900, not president. Those who look to make sense of eerie coincidences have come up with an explanation to account for this string of deaths. An ancient Indian death curse supposedly administered by Tecumseh himself after suffering defeat at the hands of William Henry Harrison 
at the Battle of Tippecanoe in 1811. Tecumseh died in the 1813 Battle of the Thames, again fighting troops led by Harrison. According to lore, the famed Indian chief cursed the great white fathers. No explanation was given why the chief's curse would only affect one presidency in five, but one cannot, after all, expect the fanciful to cover everything. Another version attributes the curse to a native known as the Prophet, a Shawnee medicine man who is half-brother to Tecumseh. The hex was supposedly his revenge for the death of his half-sibling. Harrison will die, I tell you, the prophet reportedly said, and after him, every great chief chosen every twenty years thereafter will die. And when each one dies, let everyone remember the death of my people. Stirring words indeed, but there's no reason to suppose they were actually uttered. No record of either Tecumseh or his half-brother laying a whammy on American presidents has yet surfaced. It's all undocumented folktale at this point, and is as likely just someone's imaginative backstory to the inexplicable as it is anything else. Remember the immortal, if somewhat incorrectly quoted line from The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, when the newspaper man replied to a question with this line, This is the West, sir. When the legend becomes fact, print the legend. Folks have been taking note of this string of presidential deaths for quite some time. It's not a new snippet of spooky information recently dropped into the lap of the American people. A Ripley's Believe It or Not book published in 1934 noted the coincidental 20-year pattern of presidential deaths between 1840 and 1920, with question marks in place of a name for the upcoming 1940 entry indicating the presumption of a continuing pattern. The pattern did, of course, hold true again when Franklin Roosevelt, who had been re-elected in 1940, filled in that blank by dying in office in 1945. But what of the curse? It's interesting to note that since 1840, only one president, other than those supposedly felled by this ill-wishing curse, has died in office. Zachary Taylor, who was elected in 1848 and died in 1850, somewhat out of sequence there, he died of a stomach ailment. Zachary Taylor's body was exhumed in 1991 to investigate a theory that he had been poisoned with arsenic, but the results were negative. Also interesting is the notion that the curse is a prescient one, as two presidents who won election in years ending in zero, Lincoln and Roosevelt, did not die until after beginning subsequent terms in office. Apparently, the death curse foresaw re-election for both of them. The key to all this presidential demising possibly lies within the realm of the stars rather than the words of an Indian chief, or at least to the astrologers who would have us believe this. According to Mark Dotich, an astrologer who has attempted to analyze the curse of Tecumseh the reason behind this force is one of cosmic coincidence, not Native American hexing. Dotich claims the curse's effects overlap with the alignment of Jupiter and Saturn, whose orbits have lined up every 20 years. One of the two 20-year patterns failures, President Ronald Reagan, is explained by the sign the alignment of these two planets occurred under. 
alignments under the Earth signs, Taurus, Capricorn, and Virgo, have led to dead presidents. But Reagan's term occurred under an air sign, accounting for his survival. According to Dodich, year 2000's Jupiter-Saturn twinning once again occurred under the Earth sign of Taurus, a phenomenon he says won't happen again for another 600 years. It thus marks the end of a deadly cycle. But if Dodich was right about this curse thing, it would have sounded the death knell for another president first. And yet George W. Bush, the president elected in the supposed curse year of 2000, finished out two terms in good health. So is the deadly ought election year curse real? Or is it honestly just a freaky, out-of-this-world coincidence? I don't know. What do you think? Speaking of freaky coincidences in reference to the presidential office, one that's been circulated in my lifetime is the one which compares and contrasts facts connecting Lincoln and Kennedy. Claimed coincidences connecting the U.S. presidents Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy are a piece of American folklore of unknown origin. The list of coincidences appeared in the mainstream American press in 1964, a year after the assassination of John F. Kennedy, having appeared prior to that in the GOP Congressional Committee newsletter. Martin Gardner examined the list in an article in Scientific American, later reprinted in his book, The Magic Numbers of Dr. Matrix. Gardner's version of the list contains 16 items. Many subsequent versions have circulated much longer lists. The list is still in circulation today, having endured with the popular imagination for over 50 years. The following are the list of coincidences that are commonly associated with the conspiracy, some of which are not true statements. Lincoln and Kennedy each have seven letters. Both presidents were elected to Congress in 46 and later to the presidency in 60. Both married women in their 20s while they themselves were in their 30s. Both lost a son while living in the White House. Both were shot in the presence of their wives. Both assassins, John Wilkes Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald, were born in 39 and were known by their three names composed of 15 letters. Booth ran from Ford's Theater and was caught in a warehouse, or a barn. Oswald ran from the Dealey Plaza warehouse and was caught in a theater. Both presidents were runners-up for the party's nomination for vice president in 56. Both successors to the deceased presidents were Southern Democrats surnamed Johnson. The successors to the presidents both were born in 08, and their first names contain six letters. One I'm not proud of is the assassins were both Southerners. Both were particularly concerned with civil rights, both presidents, that is, and made their views strongly known in 63. Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation in 1862, but which became law in 1863. A century later, Kennedy presents his reports to Congress on civil rights during the famous March on Washington for jobs and freedom that same year. Both presidents were shot in the head on a Friday and died at nearby locations, Lincoln at the Peterson House across the street 
and Kennedy at Parkland Memorial Hospital down the road. Lincoln was shot at Ford's Theater. Kennedy was shot in a Ford car. Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy who told him not to go to Ford's Theater. Kennedy had a secretary named Evelyn Lincoln, whose husband Harold had a nickname, Abe, and she warned him not to go to Dallas. Both Oswald and Booth were assassinated before they could be put on trial. Interesting, don't you think? But how much of that info is true? Let's do a little of what the mainstream media likes to call fact-checking. True statements. Both were elected to Congress in 46. Lincoln in 1846 from Illinois. Kennedy in 1946 from Massachusetts. Check. Both were elected to the presidency in 60. Lincoln, 1860. Kennedy, 1960. Check. Both have seven letters in their last names. Lincoln, L-I-N-C-O-L-N, and Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y. Check. Both were concerned with civil rights. Lincoln felt strongly that all slaves should be freed and issued the Emancipation Proclamation, which legally freed all slaves. Kennedy was concerned with racial equality and was the first to propose what would be the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Check. Both married in their 30s to women in their 20s. Lincoln was married on November 4th of 1842. He was born in 1809, making him 33 years old at the time of his wedding. Lincoln's bride, Mary Ann Todd, was born on December 13th of 1818, making her 23 years old at the time of the wedding. Kennedy was married on September 12th of 1953. Kennedy was born in 1917, making him 36 years old at the time of his wedding. Kennedy's bride, Jacqueline Bouvier, was born in 1929, making her 24 years old at the time of the wedding. Check. Both lost a son while living in the White House. Lincoln lost his 11-year-old son, William, and Kennedy lost his infant son, Patrick. Both sons' names, William Wallace Lincoln and Patrick Bouvier Kennedy, have 21 letters each, with each having seven letters in each name, first, middle, and last. Check. Both were shot on a Friday. Lincoln was shot on Good Friday, April 14th, 1865, and Kennedy was shot on Friday, November 22, 1963. Check. Both were shot in the head. Check. Both were shot in the presence of their wives. Check. Both were assassinated by Southerners. Lincoln was shot by John Wilkes Booth from Maryland, and Kennedy was shot by Lee Harvey Oswald from New Orleans, Louisiana. Check. Both of the president's successors were named Johnson. Lincoln was succeeded by Andrew Johnson, and Kennedy was succeeded by Lyndon Johnson. Check. Both were succeeded by Southerners. Andrew Johnson was from Tennessee, and Lyndon Johnson was from Texas. Check. Both successors were born in 08. Check. Both assassins, John Wilkes Booth and Lee Harvey Oswald, are known by their three names as many notorious murderers and psychos are. Check. Each assassin's full name is composed of 15 letters. Check. 
I have to laugh at this offering because it's called Uncertain Assertions. Booth and Oswald were assassinated before their trials. Not too sure where the uncertainty lies. After refusing to surrender, John Wilkes Booth was shot by Trooper Boston Corbett. There was no trial, no judge, no jury. There was simply an executioner, Trooper Boston Corbett. Oswald was shot by Jack Ruby while on his way to the county jail on November 24th of 1963. True, Oswald was in custody, but again, no trial, no judge, no jury. Not but an executioner in the person of Jack Ruby. Now this sounds more like the mainstream media's way of reporting. False assertions. Although Kennedy did have a female secretary named Evelyn Lincoln, there's no record that Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy. I'll accept that. Both assassins were not born in 39. Booth was born in 38, 1838, while Lee Harvey was born in 1939. Okay, classic mistake. Booth ran from the theater and was caught in a warehouse. Booth did run from Ford's theater where he shot Lincoln and was caught in a barn in Virginia. Is not a barn a form of warehouse? You keep hay, you keep feed, you keep implements, you keep animals. It's a warehouse. Oswald ran from a warehouse and was caught in a theater. Oswald fled from the Texas School Book Depository, which was a warehouse where Oswald worked and where he had shot Kennedy from, and was arrested in a movie theater. Nothing there seems contradictory. Some urban folklorists have postulated that the list provided a way for people to make sense of two tragic events in American history by seeking out patterns. Gardner and others have said that it is relatively easy to find seemingly meaningful patterns relating any two people or events. Some of the arguments against this folkloric list are, well, their birthdays don't match up. Times in office, as in number of terms, etc., don't match up. Lincoln not having a secretary named Kennedy, although his footman did warn Lincoln about going to the theater that night. Well, duh! The list isn't known as absolutely startling parallels between Lincoln and Kennedy. It's usually called something like eerie similarities or coincidences between Lincoln and Kennedy. Geez, quit having heart attacks over interesting information. Here's some more info about our subject. Lincoln was shot in Ford's theater, and Kennedy was shot while in a Ford motor vehicle, in a Lincoln no less. Booth used a pistol and was shot with a rifle, reportedly. Oswald used a rifle and was shot with a pistol. Booth was killed by a man in uniform in the presence of civilians. Oswald was killed by a civilian while in the presence of men in uniform. Just a little bit of political weirdness out of the loads and loads of political weirdness. And I do mean loads in a certain way, for your enjoyment. Well, that's the show for this week. Thanks for being along for the ride.
I want to remind you that on Mondays, Aaron Hunter brings you Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. Aaron reads listener stories, mostly ghost stories, sometimes UFOs, sometimes cryptids. On Tuesday, Aaron Frail brings you Aaron's Horror Show, different things that he's written. He reviews movies, books, things like that. On Wednesday, it's me, Terry from Texas, with Terry's Mysterious Moments, where we talk about just about anything there is to talk about. And at the first weekend of the month, we have video from The Witching Hour and Unexplained Cases. Aaron has instituted a new area called Entertaining Short Films. That's exactly what they are. They're just short stories, nothing in particular, no particular genre, just entertaining. Remember that you can go to your app store, whether you have Apple or Android, download the RPA app, which is a black square with a blue eye in the middle of it. Download that to the device that you listen to the program on. Install it, and when you open that up, you can go straight to the Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast, and its network. So all the all the stories that are involved with RPA are there, so you don't have to go hunting for them. If you want to contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments, you can do that on the Facebook page, and it's called Terry's Mysterious Moments, or you can email me at Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Contact me if you want to. Let's talk about some things. That's about it. We'll be back again. Listen to the other shows. Have a good week, everybody.